everybody. This is Nancy Miller from My Creative Life, the podcast about creatives, how and why they make the work that they do. And today my special guest is Andrew Weens. He's a former sales executive who decided to pursue his passion and pivoted to nonprofit development. Andrew has lots of experience working within a small business unit where you're expected to wear many hats as well as within a global organization. Hey, Andrew, how are you doing today? Good, thank you. Great. Well, I also want the audience to know that I actually worked with Andrew many, many years ago um, at an amazing publication called Scuba Diving Magazine. And I just always have really fond memories of my time working there. Everybody was so great to work with. It is a uh, unique experience in my career. I actually, two, no, longer than that. It was pre-COVID. We actually had a work reunion. Like who has reunions with people from work? Like the sales team got together in Texas. It was amazing. Oh, that's wonderful. I think I saw pictures of that on Facebook. Yeah. You guys look like, you know, it's, it's interesting. It felt like time hadn't really passed. You guys were all having a good time <laughs> and it just, yeah, like old times, like, like one of those sales meetings that you guys, exactly. would have, you know, so but anyways, um, I thought it would be great to have you on here. And for those who are listening, they're like, art, sales, why would you have somebody with sales experience? Because I do feel like that's really an important part of being an artist is being able to sell yourself. And I feel like when I've talked to other artists, they struggle with that. And so I thought having you on as a sales expert would be a great way to kind of make the audience aware, like these are potential things that you could do to be better at selling um, your work and yourself in the art world. And so for the audience, can you talk a little bit more about your um, start, your career in sales? Yeah, I, um, you know, I, from an early age as a kid, you know, I was hustling those dollar candy bars, you know, to fundraise for the school. And that, you know, that taught me a lot of lessons about being okay with people telling me no. And when I graduated college, I went to work for a company uh, called Ubline that uh, sold Jose Cuervo in the U.S. So I uh, had a really aggressive sales training program, and that was really good. And then from there, I got into media sales, which is um, selling the ads in print magazines, like where we work, Scuba Diving Magazine. And um, that is, at Scuba, it was primarily gear and a lot of travel. Um, and it turns out having international contacts in the travel space is really specialized. So I was, you know, sought out by other magazines and worked for them. I worked for Backpacker Magazine. Um, I worked for another scuba diving magazine. I worked for Budget Travel. And then I made the leap over to digital, selling strictly digital for TripAdvisor. And I was there about eight years. Wow. So all, all kinds of great sales um, experience with that. And I just, um, I always remember you had a really great rapport with people in general. You're just always so like, and I don't know if that's part of being a salesperson, but your personality seems so suited for being in contact with people on a regular basis because you're just like a good person. It is a, uh, I mean, you certainly need to have a little bit of a gift of gab. Um, but the other part is, you need to get over the idea that you are selling something that someone doesn't need or doesn't want. Um, and when you make that shift, you know, you're not foisting something upon someone, you're helping them. And that's an awesome thing to do. And it makes the whole process for them good. It makes it good for you. Like 
you shouldn't sell people stuff they don't need. Sell them stuff they need. Makes perfect sense. So how would you approach um, a client for an in-person meeting and how would you prepare for that? You know, I, I think this is one of those things that um, really separates a professional salesperson from someone just trying to, you know, get in front of somebody. Um, it's about, you want to do the preparation. You want to know as much about that person and their business as you possibly can. The closer you are to their business, the closer you are to understanding their problems. And then it makes it very easy to have conversations about whatever product you're selling. So, you know, at the most basic level, Googling their name, Googling their company. Um, there's a tremendous amount of information available. Um, one of the easiest things, follow them on Insta or, or Facebook or Twitter and, and see what they're talking about. That's what's relevant to them. Um, quite often in sales, people get really fixated on telling their story about their product and how awesome it is. It is one of those truisms of sales is you should be listening more than you're talking. And if you're doing all the talking, you're not closing anyone. You're, you're just lecturing and that's not good. So the, the first thing I would do some research on the person. Second thing I do some research on the company. Um, then like in terms of the art space, like, what art do they have? What have they bought in the past? What, you know, and if that information doesn't exist, show up with that as a question and make that the start of the, the conversation. Like, hey, I'm here to talk to you about my art. But before we get to that, tell me about what art you've bought. What, what do you see as important to your business? How can I understand your needs? And then, then you can launch into solving them. But if you just assume that you know their needs, yeah. like that's a recipe for disaster. That's a good point. So what if you can't get the in-person meeting because with the whole pandemic and everything going on um, and you're kind of relying on email, what would you suggest yeah. with that route? You know, it is infinitely harder to sell someone over email. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you, if you think of the scale of communication, you know, face to face, there's tone, there's context, you know, there is no sarcasm font for email, like the, you give up so much context in what you're saying. And when people read emails, they can't hear your voice, especially if they don't know you. So it's a really different experience. Um, I think the most success I've had, well, a couple of things. One, it's going to be a numbers game. Because it is so easy to de delete emails. So you, you need to reach out to a lot of people mm -hmm. and know that a lot of people are going to say no or not even say anything and just not get back to you and just know that going in and be okay with that. Um, but then I think in terms of catching people's attention, you need to separate yourself from the crowd. And that can be as gimmicky as, you know, some kind of trick to catch their attention or it can be as straightforward as, hey, I saw your logo and I came up with a great idea. Can you give me 15 minutes? This is a rough sketch. I have more, more designs I can share. That's kind of interesting. Let me take a look. Like, I'll take that phone call. I'll return that email. Mm -hmm. But if it's, hey, I'm Nancy Miller and I redesign logos, yeah. 
you haven't solved my problem. You just offered me a service. That's a good point. So what if you make it past email and then you're like, they do want to contact you and do like over the phone, like talk or do a Zoom session? I mean, um, how would you go about approaching that? So again, you got to go back and do some preparation. Um, I drove across town the other day because I was having a Zoom uh, meeting with the guy that owned a coffee roasting house. And I wanted to make sure that when I was in the Zoom, I could hold up a coffee cup that he would recognize as his and just be drinking from it because people notice that stuff. You know, I, I have friends that did business with the, the Detroit automakers and like they made sure their rental car when they go to see Ford is a Ford rental car. Like people notice those little things. So do all those little things. Okay. Then have the preparation so that you have a plan of what you want from the meeting. Have a really specific goal. Um, I want this person to take a look at my portfolio. I want to show them these four images in my portfolio. I want them to buy something today. You know, whatever your specific goal is, really drill down to what it is and then build a plan that consists of establishing, you know, why, why this solves a problem for them have a plan for, you know, a couple different ways that solves the problem. You don't need all of them. You might only need one. If you say, hey, this will solve your problem, the guy said or gal says, yes, shut up. You don't need to say anymore. But if they say, no, that's not really my problem, that's when you need to ask some questions. Well, tell me more. Help me understand that. And you've got three other reasons in your back pocket that you're like, oh, reason number four, that's the good one. I'm going to use that. Um, so uh, you go into that conversation with more ammunition than you need. You start it, you have, you, you ask, you know, you, is this what you're thinking? Yes, it is. Okay. Then you can move forward. If they say no, don't move forward. Stop and keep having that conversation. It, it's a, um, think of it as a uh, staircase and you can't get to the goal, the top level until you, hit each stair. Like you might be able to skip one or two, but you can't skip five. So you need their buy-in at each step along the way. And it's absolutely okay to ask that. People get scared to ask that, but like, hey, do you agree with this? And then just wait and let them tell you. Oh, that's great. So what are maybe three top three things that are helpful to close the sale? Like You've gone up the the ladder or the steps yeah. and then you're at that, you know, point and you feel like, you know, is there any advice you would give or? Yeah. So if someone has been saying yes to you all along, like, is this yeah. your problem? Yes. Here's a solution. Do you think this solution will work? Yes. Okay. This is our pricing. What do you think? I think that looks good. Okay. Then you got to close and closing really is just a matter of saying, okay, so this is what I've heard. You like this? You think the price is good? I'm going to write the order and we'll, our next steps are going to be I will deliver on this day. You know, this process isn't over with them saying yes. Okay. The, this is, you know, that's a midpoint of you've made the sale, they say you you confirm the sale, and then you got to deliver on the sale, and then you got to follow up on the sale. Yeah. 
You know, it, it's the difference between, you know, hey, will you buy this? And you just send them an email with a product. Like, that's great. But like, hey, I'm following up. I want to make sure you got the product. Here's the tracking number. Like, yeah. did it arrive? Did it look good? Are you pleased with the product? Can you recommend me to a friend? Like, all of these touch points demonstrate that you're committed to them as a customer. And, you know, you might not have a ton of returning customers. Someone might buy a, a piece from you only once. But if you can make them happy, the likelihood of recommending you to other people or saying kind things about you on the Internet or, you know, saying, hey, have you talked to my friend or whatnot? You know, there's an opportunity to grow your business that is happening organically. And you telling people you're great is nice. Someone else telling people you're great is really powerful. That's really, that's very helpful. I have found that, well, starting back up with freelancing and illustration, that word of mouth is so helpful. It's better than any kind of ad that I could place on some illustrating web website because yeah. people don't know who I am. And so that has, yeah, that's definitely been super helpful. And I would say, be proactive about uh -huh. that. Like, hey, yeah, were you pleased? Yes, I was. Can I send people to you uh, that I'm pitching and like use you as a referral? Yeah. Sure. Like maybe you send them, maybe you're not. But one, it makes them feel important. Mm -hmm. Two, it makes it feel like they did a good thing working with you. And three, when you're talking to the new client, you've got someone who's stoked you can hand them to. That's a good point. So any resources you feel would be helpful for artists um, who are trying to sell their work that they should know about? You know, it, specific to the art space, I don't have a ton. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, you want to know who you're trying to pitch and what their business is. And like, if you're trying to sell art to people to hang in their homes, like, that's really hard because you don't know what's hanging in their homes. But, you know, my father's an artist. And one of the things that I saw him do shows and where he sold is people buy things because they have a connection to the subject matter. People have a connection to the artist. And then the smallest group is people that just love the art for art's sake. And there is some of that, but that is not as much as the person who loves Yosemite and you have a picture that you painted of Yosemite Falls or you were in on Chastanay for your honeymoon and there's a, you know, photograph of the mountains and you're like, I want that because I remember on Chastanay. Like those, those are things, there's a connection. So if you can put yourself in a place to make connections, um, if you do a lot of work in Yosemite, don't go to the Grand Canyon and sell your stuff. Like be around Yosemite. If, you know, you do like Nancy, your illustrations of kids. I think you have the ability to capture kids joy unlike anyone I've ever seen. And, you know, so where, do, where can you connect with people that are excited about kids joy? You know, th those are things that you want to look for. Um, but like hard resources, yeah. th that's not my strong suit. Um, oh. I haven't got a, a great website, um, but I would say, take a look and see what the competition is. Like if you sell 
fine, fine photography in at the Grand Canyon, like look and see what other stuff is being sold and what's it cost? And are you aligned with that? Are you more, are you less? Do they sell a ton of postcards and no big prints? Well, is that an opportunity or do they not sell big prints because no one buys those and everyone wants postcards? Like, you want to have a sense of what's what's moving in the marketplace. So going back to say a different time, say if you could go back in time to your younger self and offer yourself a bit of advice about pursuing a career in sales, what would that be? Um, well, one, I would tell myself that, you know, it is not, it is, it can be, can be very lucrative, um, but it is not going to <laughs> satisfy your soul. <laughs> you, no, no one, no one gets uh, super jazzed that, you know, I sold some ads in, on a website, like, or a full page, like, I'm not changing the world. And not that I need that to make myself happy. Um, I did not realize in the work-life balance how important it is to be emotionally connected to the work you do. And I, I would imagine for artists, like, that's a big part of your life. Like, you're a creator because you have joy in creating. There's very few people in sales, I think, that have true joy in sale in the act of selling. It's lucrative, so there's joy in getting paid to do it. There's joy in, you know, the competition aspect. And I think that's why I've done well. But it is um it's it's not you don't wake up in the morning and feel like you've changed the world. And and I would have encouraged myself to do more things that I loved, you know, and take out and pay cut to do them. Because now that I've done that, I'm very, very happy. Yeah. Can you talk a bit about that? Because now you're a development director. And also if you could talk to the, about the audience for the audience to know what that really entails and the organization that you're working with currently, because um, I checked out their website. It's just such a, um, it, it's an amazing um experience for kids i was like oh that's um that's amazing that you're a part of that can you talk about it yeah so i work for a company called guided discoveries and we're a nonprofit that offers uh, a couple uh different programs uh during the school year we have middle-aged kids that come out to our facility uh, middle age middle <laughs> middle school and uh, grade school kids that come out to the facilities and um at our camp in Idlewild, it's called Astro Camp. They study physics and lasers and sound waves and, and physical science. Um, and they have some really fun things. They build rockets that launch with water and stuff. And then our facility out at Catalina, we actually have two campuses. Um, it's marine science. So it's marine biology, oceanography, um, biology, island ecology all with a heavy uh, environmental um, literacy focus. And so that's during the school year and it's about 80 to 90% learning and 10 to 20% fun. And then during summer we flip and it becomes 80 to 90% fun with 10 to a little bit of learning <laughs> and it's summer camp. And we teach everything from scuba diving out at Catalina. Wow. And then in Idlewild, we have um, 
arts and crafts. We have um, a LARPing course for kids oh. that are like into uh, live action role play. Yeah. Um, cool. It is a ropes course, a high ropes course, and uh, a lot of cool science stuff. The rockets they launch, they take two liter bottles, they fill them up with water, and then we put pressurized air in it, and they launch over 150 feet, and the kids get to build them. And it's it's just really neat to see kids learn by holding science and touching science. And you can tell people about sea urchins and, you know, horn sharks all you want, but when you see a 10 year old or a 12 year old hold one in their hand, like their eyes just light up and it's, it's a really powerful experience. So if you have anyone who's uh, the summer camp is uh, uh, nine to 17 and they're interested, check out, uh, see me c-i-m-i dot org and um there's tons of cool stuff there for kids it um it's a great program and uh you get kids from all over the world that actually come up it's amazing i think um you touched on some great points as a as an educator i think it's imperative going forward with education that it be more tangible hands-on because nowadays kids know they can just google it why yeah. do i need you to instruct me if I can just Google it. Because once they get over through the reading and some of the other basic stuff, like then it becomes something that education has to evolve and change. And so um, organizations like yours that offer a hands-on experience can truly make an impact in a child's life because it's those moments that they have that says to them, I could become a, you know, like being even aware of some of the jobs in those, like in the marine sciences, like there were things that I was like, oh, from the website, I was like, I didn't even know that was a potential job, you know, that those are things that people can do, you know, and I think if you're not exposed, like you just would not have any comprehension that that was something you could do. And so I think that's amazing that 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 happens at your camps. Well, and um, I don't know where the demographics of your listeners fall, but um, we are always on the hunt for kind of uh, college age kids uh, that are interested in being staff instructors at all our facilities. And we're hiring for this summer. So if you, if you have some people that uh, are interested, have them check out the website. Wonderful. Well, Andrew, this was so informative and helpful. And I hope the, um, I know that the audience got a lot from hearing about um, your experience with sales. And I think it's definitely going to help me um, going forward that I kind of think about those checkpoints. So thank you, Andrew, so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. No, it's fun to be here. This is the first time I've done this. Hopefully I've added some value and uh, don't, don't, don't be stressed about sales. It's just like going to a cocktail party. You chat with people, you tell them about you, you listen to them and good stuff happens. Well, thanks everybody for listening to My Creative Life. Bye.